with this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Praise God. Thank you, Musos. God is good. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death. Proverbs 18 verse 21. Our words are creative. What we say has power. That's my message this morning. I'm speaking about the power of the word. The power of God's word, our word, it's creative, it's powerful. God's word is powerful. God's word, the Bible says, Psalm 12 verse 6, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace, purified seven times. So when God speaks, it's completely pure. It's complete love complete truth and complete power when God speaks. There's nothing except awesome wonder and beauty in every single word that God speaks. And God's word is so powerful that when God speaks, he creates. When he says light, light is created. When he says earth, earth is created. That's how he created the world. By his word, which is so amazingly powerful. That's God. That's our God. And every word is completely pure. He sends his word, the Bible says, and heals. When he says a word, it always does what he wants it to do. Because he's God. You know, when we were kids, we'd sort of see magicians in the, you know, on TV. And they'd go abracadabra and bling and things would appear. Well, that concept is real because it's God. God just speaks And things come to pass. That's God. And then we have his son, Jesus, who was the word. And Jesus is exactly the same as God. He's an exact representation of God. So when Jesus came to earth, the exact same thing happened. His word was completely powerful, completely true, completely loving, completely powerful. And when he spoke, things happened. Things changed. He said this in John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So Jesus could speak life into Lazarus and he came to life because there's life and death in the power of the tongue and the words that that tongue forms. The centurion understood this Strength, because he said, you know, my servant's healed to Jesus. And Jesus said, well, I'll, I'll come. I'll come and pray for him. And he said, no, I'm, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just say the word and he'd be healed. That's so cool. He wasn't even, he wasn't in the same room. He wasn't in this, I don't know how far away he was. He said, just say the word. And he understood, he had faith. When, God, when Jesus sent a word, that word would go shooting out of Jesus' mouth and go whoom, straight to that child in the other, or the servant in the other room. And the servant was healed from that moment. And Jesus was impressed with that faith. And so here we have Jesus who has 
the words of power and God has the words of power. But what about us? How are our words? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Well, we've got a tongue. We have words. And we are made in the image of God. And so I put to you this morning that our words are also incredibly powerful. Now, most people, they say, speak between 5,000 and 20,000 words every day. Yeah, there is a big difference. (laughs) I'm probably on the upper end. Actually, I'm on the upper end some days, but then, you know, you love those quiet days when you're just at home and talk to no one. We all have those days, or hopefully they're good days. So... Think about 5,000 to 20,000 words. What are we creating with our words? Are our words pure words? Or do we speak things that are destructive? There's life and death in the power of this tongue. And I want to encourage us this morning to, you know, this is create month. We're talking about being creative. We can draw, we can We can dance, we can sing, we can do all sorts of things. But every time we speak, we're creating. Every one of those words has got power. So what are you creating with those words? What? How are we creating our life? This is just so important. The first thing we have to do is to stop destructive words because there's death in our words as well. We can speak words that destroy And we need to watch this. And the psalmist said this in Psalm 141 verse 3. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And then James said, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Wow. A useless Christian. Don't want to be a useless Christian. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue can defile the whole body and is set on fire by hell. No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Wow. <laughs> that's real positive preaching for us, isn't it? But that's why we've got to, we've got to put a guard. I think of a guard sometimes, like, hmm, like there's a guard. Nope, don't let that word out. And that's what it's got to be because there are so many things we can say. There's There's nasty words, there's complaining words, there's gossipy words that can destroy. Words can destroy relationships. They can, a word can destroy an atmosphere. You can be having a lovely night and someone, you know, auntie so-and-so says this and all of a sudden it's all on and the whole evening, oh, can you believe they said that? And the evening's ruined. You can destroy, you know, you can speak life or death into your children. You can speak life or death into your, your career, into yourself. I'm so dumb. I'm not going anywhere. I can't do it. I'll I'll never amount to anything. You can say things about your own self. You can kill your own future with your words. So we need to really be aware of the power of those words and stop them. Set a guard. Keep a tight rein. If we're a Christian, we're going to constantly have words that are coming up to say and we need to keep a tight rein on them. And like, no, no, I'm not letting... That word out. I'm not letting it out. I, I've told this story before, but I, I feel I'm reminded of it now. I feel to tell it of a time I felt like making an unkind comment. It was years ago when I was at Bible college and uh, we were all the single girls were kind of checking out all the single guys because that's what you do at Bible college, isn't it? And there was one 
gorgeous guy at Bible College called Christopher Brown, who I was sort of aware of. But there were some other guys. So, you know, you'd sort of compare. And there was another guy. He was quite nice, but he came up and he was sharing a message or something. And I remember thinking, nah, he's, nah, nah. You know, I mean, of course, I was really thinking about the Lord the whole time. But <laughs> um, I just noticed this guy and thought, nah, he's not. He, I remember that I had a word in my head. And I don't remember the word, but was, he was a bit of a, he was a bit, of a wuss or a bit not great. or I had an unkind word that I was going to share, to say, to the girl next to me, because that's what you do, isn't it? So I reached over. Actually, she was sort of just a little bit further away, so I had to take a step. And I said, he's a bit, and I went to say the word, right? And then this thing said, a guard over your mouth. The Holy Spirit, at that moment, I don't know why, I paused just long enough. Thank you, Lord. I paused and the Holy Spirit said, that's not a very nice thing to say. So I, I mean, I'm literally got my mouth in her ear and she's like, eh, what? and I'm like, and I didn't know what to say because the Holy Spirit said, that's not nice. And I'm like, but I wanted to say it because gossip, the Bible says gossip's kind of nice. It's like, ooh, it's going to, you know, it's nice. It, it slips in like a, an oyster. It's sort of nice, but not nice, you know. And, <laughs> and <laughs> so, so I wanted to say it, but Praise the Lord, I obeyed the Lord. I obeyed God. That moment of, we, you know what, there's a moment. When you go to speak, especially if you don't speak too quickly, if you just blah, 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 you'd hardly ever have a moment for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. But if you will slow down a little bit, he might actually say, don't say that, don't say that. You've got to put a guard. So I didn't say it. I went, no, okay. I said, I changed it from he is to what do you think about him? I just quickly changed it to a question because I thought I've got to do something. I've got my mouth in her ear. I've got to do something. So I changed it to a question and she turned around and she went, oh, you know, it's okay. And I went, oh, my goodness, she likes him. Like she liked him. I could tell. She was just like, oh, he's kind of cute. And I was like, oh, wow, I nearly said something bad about him and she's kind of keen on him. You know, she thought he was cute. And, um, I mean, I didn't think he was cute, but, you know, there's someone for everyone, isn't there? So... That's, I'm just like, oh, I went back to my seat and I was like, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. I didn't say something unpleasant about him and, um, and she likes him. And she really did like him because then they started going out and then they got engaged and they got married. And guess who was the bridesmaid? Huh. And the whole way out the aisle, I'm going, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because I was not going to be a bridesmaid if I'd made that comment. So don't tell the person that I, don't tell her, not that you know her, but you know, um, she doesn't know that story. <laughs> so, you know, was, yeah, oh, they're still married. I mean, they're, they're great. He's lovely. He's absolutely delightful, but you know, it's just, um, but you know, there's, there's, that's a death word that I didn't say in the Holy Spirit. So guard those words. Don't say them. Don't say that ugly thing to your husband or your wife. Don't say that thing. Don't say negative words about anything. I was thinking about the worst words and destructive words that people spoke and I looked up some of Hitler's speeches and I just was like, it's, it's inconceivable that he could say what he said in, in public. I mean, I, 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 honestly, I can't even repeat what he said about Jewish people to millions of Germans and he said the most dreadful and wicked things about the Jews, blaming them for everything and calling them awful names and he said, if they think they're going to destroy us, a war will rather result in the annihilation of the Jewish race in Europe. It's like, he actually, he, it, so, and these were death words and they had a result. And 
Who can understand why the German people and otherwise lovely people, you know, followed these awful words, but there was just power. I mean, obviously there was other things going on in the society at the time, but, but his horrible, ugly death words surely didn't help. And then you look at the opposite. You look at Winston Churchill and, you know, we just went and saw Dunkirk, which is quite a good movie, and how extraordinary that all those, you know, it, to, to evacuate all these hundreds of, of fishermen and, and, and boatsmen and all that sailed across, sailed into war zone to rescue soldiers. How do you inspire a bunch of fishermen to go sailing across the channel? Well, we know how he did it with these extraordinary words of life and and you know, and power and how, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to share the whole speech, but I looked up Winston Churchill's speeches and I'm crying just reading them. They're so powerful. You know, he said, we will fight them on the beaches. We will fight them on the landing grounds. We will fight them in the fields and in the streets. We will fight them in the hills. We will never surrender. And those words were so full of power and life that it inspired a whole nation to be courageous and do extraordinary deeds that, that normally fishermen don't do. So you, you've got these two men with the, the, the life and death in the power of their words. So what are our words? What are our words like? A young uh, Russian man called Kondraty Rulyev was sentenced to be hanged for his part in an unsuccessful uprising against Tsar Nicholas I in 1825. But the rope broke and Rulyev, Rulyev fell down. Now, apparently, normally, when you're going to get hanged, if the rope breaks, they figure out, well, obviously, God saved you. And you, you, it's customary to release you because it's like, God, God must have been God. You've, you've done this sort of thing. But Ruleyev was such a, so cranky. <laughs> he was so cranky that he said, he said something along the lines of, in Russia, they don't even know how to make a rope properly. So he, had, he, had to, he didn't sort of say something positive like, thank you, God, you know, Slava Bogu, yes to go, yeah, I don't even know how to make a rope, you know. That's more negativity and more criticism. So his, his words... Oh, was he Italian then, was he? Oh, I know. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, you never quite know where you're going to go. It's a bit Italian, okay. Well, you know, that slips sometimes. So um, anyway... So his, his words were reported to the Tsar, who had the right to say he should be free. And he said, um, this is what they said. And so the Tsar said, well, let the contrary be proved. And so they hung him again. So because the Tsar said, we do make good ropes and we'll prove it. So, I mean, you know, you, you, he literally spoke himself to death. He literally, his foolish words brought death to him. So we have to consider what our words are. And the first thing is to just stop every word that is negative, complaining and horrible. And I want you to know that when the Lord first spoke to me about this, when I was a young teenager with a a very cynical, perceptive edge that just happy to say whatever I came into my head. And I I felt the Lord say to do all things without grumbling and complaining. I remember thinking, I I won't be able to talk. I won't have anything to talk about. (laughs) And it was true. I had to stop talking. Because I had so many negative things to say. So I'm just like, like, man, what do you talk about? Well, here's what we talk about. The Bible is clear. So we stop the negative stuff. We stop the destructive, the death words. And then we begin to speak life. Proverbs 15.4, a healing tongue is a tree of life. Encourage one another. 
every day. Let your words always be with grace. Do you speak words with grace? When someone does or says something that's annoying, do you snap at them? Okay, uh, all right, I said it. Uh. We say, that's okay. That's fine. Don't worry about it. That'll be fine. Are your words words of grace or are they snappy, unpleasant words? We, we have the, the Bible. Honestly, there's so much in the Bible about how to speak. I, it, I had a, an editing problem and I... I even I gave my message to Fiona beforehand. I had like hundreds of scriptures and she's like, I can't get them out. So unfortunately, can't, I haven't got them all up here because there were so many. I have to, and I got an, there's a wealth to choose from because this is important. And I want us all to be men and women who speak great words, words that have power, words that are beautiful, words that he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Speaking the truth in love. Love that. Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love. Lies are so hot. The Bible's God hates lies. Do not lie. Speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Do not laugh when your five-year-old discovers that they can lie, okay? Five-year-olds discover they can lie. A lot of parents go, oh, isn't that funny? You know, he tells lies. It's like, no, it's not funny. Teach him. That is a lie. That is not true. You're going to be disciplined like that. Okay, you, t- you teach a child not to lie because a lie is a, is a dangerous thing because when you believe in your heart and with your mouth what you speak, you have what you say. But if you believe one thing in your heart and say a different thing in your mouth, you're distorting your own world. You're, you're creating a rift between your heart and your mouth. And so you create a distorted world. You create a distort. Your friends will be, they'll be, they'll be, they won't be your real friends. I don't know if I believe anything they say. You, you create a rift, a break. And your own words, you do still create. You don't create what you believe, though. You create distortion. You create a lying world. So that's a terrible thing to lie. The devil's the father of lies. I hate lies. I was very, very strict with my children. I'd rather they confess some dreadful sin than lie to me about it. Because once they lie, you're destroying the relationship. There's no trust. I don't know what you're talking about. Tell me your sin. The Bible says confess your sins to one another, but don't lie and pretend. That's hypocrisy. And every, the Bible, Jesus hated it and God hates it. He says it's an abomination to him. And when he calls something abomination, that means it's disgusting. That's what he thinks about lies. So do not lie. I hate lies. We got, we got that across? <laughs> Sorry. Made the point. Refuse words. Speak beautiful words. Don't speak words of failure. Thomas Edison was accused of failing. And he said, no, I'm learning from my mistakes. He, you, you know, Thomas Edison created the light bulb, the filament in a light bulb. He said, I've just discovered 10,000 ways how not to make a light bulb. So we keep going until we succeed. Isn't that awesome? 10,000, you, you, you can frame it in a great way. Don't say, I'm sick. What is that? I, I have asthma. I don't have asthma. Don't, do you want it? No, don't have it. Say, I'm fighting sickness. It's this horrible thing is trying to come on me, but I fight and I win. There's a big difference in that. There's a big difference because one is claiming ownership. People talk about my asthma or my disease. I'm like, don't make it a personal pronoun, please. Don't claim it. Say that 
thing that's trying to get on me, which I say is not on me, and I rebuke it and resist it in Jesus' name. Can you see the power of that? There's a whole different way of thinking. One is it's like it's in me, it's mine, and the other one's like it's trying to attack me. But I say no. And you can say no to sickness and it will go. Amy Dewar, we had a, had a good healing this last week. She out with the kids. So Hannah had been sick for, for a long time, too long. And so Amy said, right. So she got a you know, good mother and mother-in-law to come and pray. And uh, she sent us a message and said, can you pray? Because this is, you know, the doctor's starting to talk about her going to hospital because she had this fever. So she sent me a text message and I get angry at fevers. I can't stand them. So I said, I sent her a scripture how Jesus rebuked the fever. And I said, have you rebuked the fever? Have you told it to get out of your house? And she was like, okay. So she did that. She had people praying and she rebuked that fever. And she said, immediately, Hannah started to get better. She got up and she ate a meal and she only gave her a little bit because she thought she wouldn't be hungry, but she wanted a whole meal. We speak to that thing. Rebuke the fever. There's so much power. Proverbs 16, 24, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. I want healthy bones. Come on. Pleasant words, words of grace and love and truth are like sweetness. Honey is so sweet and beautiful and pleasant words are beautiful. So these are the words that we speak. We speak life words and pleasant words and good words. And finally, we speak words of faith and power and we create new realities. Not just nice words. That's good. So we're sort of getting better and better. We've stopped destructive words. Now we're speaking pleasant words of truth and love. But there's a next level of words where we're actually creating things. We're making things. First of all, when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, we are saved. Think about that. Part of our very, our salvation is obviously when God does this amazing work in us, but our part is to believe and confess. In the Greek, confess, the word confess is homologia. The same, it means the same word. That's what confess means. So you say the same words that God is saying. You say the same word in your heart. And you are saved. We, that's the ultimate creation, is a new creation in us. And that happens when we speak and, and confess and believe that we, can be born, that we are born again. That's amazingly exciting. That's creating something awesome and amazing. We can create all kinds of things with our words. We can pray for our, our children to be healed and they're healed, we can create a healing and health with our words because we have Christ in us. We, when, this is not just because, I mean, I believe there's a power even for people that don't follow Jesus, there's a power just because they're created in the image of God. But you add to that, the, Jesus is in me. I speak the word of God. I speak what he wants me to speak. There's a phenomenal power that is within us and we need to believe it. We need to know that every word is important. Even just, just yesterday, I'm driving along with uh, Linda and we driving past a friend and I said, hey, we should ask Kathy Kelly to Invisible She. And uh, so we, we drove around the corner and there she was standing right there outside. Now, she's not always outside, but we said her name and there she was. So it was kind of, oh, that's, I didn't think about, oh, wow, that was the word. You know, sometimes 
Sometimes this, this happens so often you start to, you don't know, is it a coincidence or whatever? But anyway, there she is. So we invite her along and she was busy. But I said, why don't you come, why don't you come to church tomorrow? I'm preaching. And, uh, and she said something or other. She says something about the road. And, uh, and I said, no, don't say that. I said, because I'm preaching about the power of words. And I'm preaching that God's word is really, I mean, God, when God speaks, he's so powerful. And I look out the window and there's some grass. I said, you know, if God says cat, then a cat would appear. And Kathy's standing in front of the window and she just steps back. And there was a cat. I'm not even kidding. It was just right there. And I went, I did not see that cat there. And she goes, I know you did not, but it's right. It was just such a random thing because I normally would say dog because I'm a dog girl, you know. But I, and I even paused and thought, he says, cat. And then we just all went, whoa, there's the cat. And Kathy's like, okay, I think I better come to church. So there's Kathy there with the, the cat story. So that was, that was like, I said, I think that cat is speaking to you, Kathy, because I'm speaking on the power of the words. And that, so it's kind of like, how does that, you know, that, that happens to me all the time. I say something. I mean, I do it with bird watching. I've got to the stage now where I want to go and find a bird. I, na- I say it first. Because if I start saying the bird, sure enough, it'll just fly past me. And you've all had that. You're talking about someone and then you say, I was just, I was just talking about you. I was, I was just thinking about that. that. How does that happen? <laughs> Very funny. My husband wants me to say the name of an expensive motorbike. You have to... <laughs> you have to believe in your heart that these things are meant to come to pass. But... Okay, so Mark eleven twenty two is an important scripture in this. This is the mountain moving scripture. Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God or have the faith of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, "Be removed and be cast into the sea," and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Well, who's that? That's incredible. And notice this. It's talking about faith, but the word believe is used once and the word say is three times. Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. There's a lot of talking there. You can move mountains. We need to be moving mountains. Now, it's all very well to be creating cats in people's gardens, but, but there's more important things. Now, we had a lady come to church about six months ago and uh, she just came in and, um, and, and I met her and she told me that the doctors had just told her she had cancer. She had pancreatic cancer, which is serious. And she said, and we were just outside in the courtyard, she said, can you pray? I said, all right, I'll pray. And so we, I spoke to that cancer. I said, get out of this body in Jesus' name. I don't like that disease in our courtyard. So I told her, get out. Get out of the court. Get out of the body. And then I didn't know this, but then she went and asked someone else to pray for her. So Erin Harrison prayed for her as well. And then, uh, you know, she went away and I didn't see her for a couple of months. And then she just turned up again to our um, prayer meetings. And she came in and she said, um, oh, I've, I've had uh, good, good results. I said, oh, yeah, I kind of, to be honest, I half forgot about it. And then she said, um, yeah, the doctors who had told us she had cancer now say, oh, it's not cancer. I said, so you don't have cancer? She goes, no, I don't. I said, well, praise the Lord, that's good. She goes, oh, no, I'm really happy. I went, wow, okay. I mean, that's good news, isn't it? This is good stuff. This is powerful stuff. We can speak to these situations and, and 
create something wonderful like health. We've got to keep using this. Now you might say, well, can't I just say I I want a million dollars? Well, yeah, you can. If you believe in your heart, that's what God wants you to have. I don't know, maybe Byron said that once upon a time and now he's running an awesome business. I don't know. (laughs) Several. Did you say several? (laughs) Say it again. I mean, look, there's mystery in all of this. I can't, you you know, we don't always understand exactly how things work. We don't always understand why sometimes we feel like we're trying and saying and things aren't happening. There's timing. God's timing is a great mystery. But we just keep pressing in. Proverbs 25.11, like apples of gold in settings of silver, is a word. Fitly spoken It's a, is a word. This is a beautiful creative image of an, some sort of artwork, really. Gold and apples in sort of a a silver basket, and that's like the perfect word. The word fitly is on wheels, a word that's kind of smoothly delivered on wheels, perfectly spoken. And that's what happened, you know, with Jedediah, that we we spoke to him. He, he He was, they were working on him dead for 19 minutes, and that grandmother spoke life into him. And then when they sent us the text, we... We didn't just speak. We, you know, when Aaron drew a picture of his brain, he, he, they said he was brain dead. He got naught on the, on the test. They said there's nothing going on in there. So we, we spoke to that brain. We said brain come to life. But Rashida was very particular. She said, no, I, I want a new brain. So, okay. So Aaron drew a brain with her beautiful artwork. And in the brain that she drew, she actually got a picture of a brain and made it look. She drew the word of God all through all inside that brain she drew, and then we sent it to Rashida, and Rashida, they put it up, Raj and Rashida put it up on, on the top of his, his bed. And, the, and we spoke, we drew, we believed that brain. And he, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing what God can do. Because the other day, Jedediah is two, and the other day, you know, he was playing with me, and he kept wanting to get my pen. And you don't give two-year-olds pen because they stick it in things, you know. But he wanted to get my pen, and in the end, I just... He was so insistent. I thought, well, I'm right here. So he, he got the pen and he grabbed it as two-year-olds do. And then he put it correctly. And I went, what? Two-year-olds do not hold pens correctly. And he was so insistent on drawing. I'm looking at him. So then I start. So I, I drew one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like that. I said, show me, show me three, Jedediah. And he points with the pen to three. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. And I kept doing I told people, I said, Jedediah knows his numbers. And they were like, yeah. And then he wouldn't do it. You know how they don't do it? No, no, no. He really he did it. We did it so many times. I know he definitely did it. And then, so I finally got him to show other people. And then, and Rashida says, oh, yes, mama. He, I t- you know, he knows his numbers and his letters. And I'm like, Rashida, he's, that's not normal. Two-year-olds don't, they don't know their letters. That's really, that's on you. I've had four kids. That's not normal. This kid, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> but you know, he's a and I sent a text. Like, this kid's a genius. We like forget the brain that doesn't work. We've got and she and Rashida's so cool. She says, "But Mama, she calls me Mama sometimes. Mama, we prayed for a new brain." I'm like, "Okay, we did. Like this is a this is a good brain for a two year old." So praise the Lord. This is the power of the word. This is the power. Let's use it. Let's get into God and be, 
full of his glory and begin to speak great words over our world, over our life. Let's get rid of these destructive words. Why would we be destroying things with our words when we can be seeing healings, we can be seeing businesses grow, we can be seeing marriages come together, we can be seeing people born again and, and ready for heaven and, and with an extraordinary future in front of them. This is the power of our words. Life and death is in the power of our words. So let's be creative. Let's consider our words and let's make a decision. I'm going to guard, I set a guard before my mouth and I speak words of grace, of truth, of love and of power. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.